Do you have an idea that you're itching to turn into a business? It starts with a website. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch to sign up for a 60 day free trial to take action on your idea today. Entrepreneurship and innovation have always been an integral part of Indigenous ways of life. And today, this is inspiring sustainable and transformational solutions. To learn more about how RBC supports Indigenous communities and businesses, visit rbc.com forward slash Indigenous. Small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome everyone to the Powwow Pitch Podcast, a show empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Kremtanasco, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi Anishinaabe. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins, and today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Her Braids a children's book author, a water protector, a mom, and an advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powwow Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers, and creators to share their stories, learnings, and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch Podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch, syndicated through the Startup Canada Podcast Network and co-presented by RBC, Shopify, and MasterCard, with the support of an entire ecosystem of partners committed to the success of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Every few weeks, we drop a new episode, so be sure to subscribe to the Powwow Pitch podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to the Powwow Pitch podcast. Also, be sure to visit us at powwowpitch.org to sign up for our newsletter to get in on the loop about support, resources, funding, and opportunities for Indigenous entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show.
Hi, Quay. Today on the Power Pitch Podcast, we're excited to have Erica Daniels, a Cree Ojibwe multi-award winning documentary filmmaker and entrepreneur. Erica's passion for storytelling and working with Indigenous youth has driven her to establish a media company, Kijik Productions, which specializes in producing high-end cinematic documentaries and videos, marketing and event photography and more. Erica's won multiple awards for her businesses and personal achievements, and we're super excited to have you here today on the show. In this episode, we'll be diving into Erica Daniels' business journey and discussing important themes such as the importance of hiring Indigenous companies and leadership, narrative sovereignty, future hopes and goals for growth, and especially investing in youth. So hi, Quay, Erica, thank you for being here today. Hi, how are you? I'm excellent. I'm super excited to hear, uh, to pick your brain Uh and just to listen to you. And, you know, and it's going to, I, after meeting you and seeing all the things that you've accomplished, I know you're going to be super inspiring to our listeners. Miigwech. So um, what motivated you to start Kijik Productions and what were some of the challenges you faced early on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I established Kijik Productions in 2017. And um, prior to that, I was in a program uh, when I turned 15. The program was called Just TV. And that, that program was for at-risk youth living in the inner city of Winnipeg. And so that's kind of where I started my journey, where I learned about multimedia, you know, how to use video production, how to edit, and how to tell stories. And so I really discovered my passion of being a storyteller there and um, really grasped on to the technical uh, skills and aspects of, of, of that medium. And so from there, you know, just take, took on as many opportunities that became available to me. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I started and just doing freelance work as I got more advanced in, in, you know, being able to produce content. Um, you know, I, I made, made myself available for community and was really active within the community, documenting different events, community events that were going on different, different inner city programmings. So I think people really started to see me out in the community and I was always, you know, that girl with the camera. So uh, (laughs) that's kind of what led to the oppor- more opportunities of, of working with different organizations and very much centered in Indigenous content, Indigenous storytelling, and helping the community share their stories. And so from there, um, it just sort of evolved into a business, um, but I never really understood that it was a business. I was just doing what I loved. I was passionate to, to share our stories. And so um, there was a huge learning curve that had to happen there because I had no idea what I was doing it, doing when it came to running a business. And so there was a lot of hard lessons along the way. Um, but you know, it took me, it took me a few years to realize that I was an entrepreneur and that, um, I was gaining skills in, in the business world and sort of expanding on that. But first and foremost, like my passion was just to tell our stories and tell them from a truthful and authentic perspective. And so that's what kind of led into Kijik Productions and sort of developing it, making it more official, um, in, in the business sense and like being able to expand and offer our services to, you know, um, audiences across Canada. And so, yeah, that's kind of 
that's kind of how it all came about. And uh, today we're a team of six. Um, we're located on an urban reserve in Winnipeg. And um, yeah, we, we work with over, I think we're over 80 to 90 clients now that we work with nationally in telling Indigenous stories and Indigenous truths. Wow, I love that. I mean, you've, by sounds like accidental, uh, you're getting paid to do something you love. That's, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? I feel I feel the exact same way. I get mm-hmm. paid to visit like online or in person and learn from people and exactly. sort of just connect people. So I feel I feel fortunate like you as well. Um, what are what were some of the challenges that you faced in your early stages while you were going through this process of just doing it for fun and love mm-hmm. to then like, oh, wow, like this is this is going to feed me yeah. and my family. Yeah. Yeah. Like like when I started, you know, I was very much just doing this. So like solo, um, mm-hmm. I was working for all the jobs that I had were, were in the media industry. I worked for radio stations and went on to working for CBC where I was doing video production for an uh, Indigenous radio show, Unreserved. And so um, just taking on different jobs that can really build up my skills even more and give me, you know, different different learnings from the different industry sectors. And so um, when I was doing freelance, you know, I started doing it by myself, but then um you know, when I, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, you know, I was on mat leave and, and then my, you know, I had my daughter and I think she was around six months old and, uh, I had to choose, you know, am I going to go back to work full time or am I going to continue to work with my community and tell these stories? And so I had to make a big decision. I think that was like probably the biggest fork in the road that I've ever been in because, you know, I couldn't do both you know, Mm -hmm. having a small child, um, at that time, like it wasn't feasible for me to be doing both uh, working, you know, having that stability and working a day job, plus trying to do my passion work is with, with working with the community and telling these stories. And so I had to make that decision. And so when I was, uh, when my daughter was six months, um, I made that decision to go out and just see what it would be like if I was to do this for myself. Mm. Um, and, within the, you know, the last six months of my maternity leave, I was, I was getting a lot of different jobs, you know, working from home, being able to like, you know, still be at home with my daughter and then trying out and like kind of dipping my foot in the water of like entrepreneurship and seeing if this would be feasible and that it would feed myself and my daughter. Um, and I learned really quickly that this was something that I could conquer and take on as a full-time position of working for myself and working from home. Um, and so I made that choice of ending my, ending my, um, my position with CBC and fully taking it on as a, as an entrepreneur. And so it was very, a a huge risk, um, Mm -hmm. but it was honestly the the best risk I've ever taken because it led to, you know, where, where we are today. And, uh, but I think that's, I think if every entrepreneur goes through that moment in their life and Mm -hmm. I get so excited when I see other, other (laughs) people who are aspiring to be an entrepreneur, I'm just like, just do it. Like you have to just, just try and see how it goes because you know, we all start somewhere. And so that was my beginning point. But um, just starting from there, you know, there was a lot of learnings that I had to do, like, obviously, I couldn't do everything by myself. That's something I had to learn was I can't wear all the hats. Mm -hmm. Um, As a business owner, operator, creative, there's so many different roles. And so, you know, I had to learn how to 
expand our team and work with everybody to to make sure that I wasn't exhausting myself, but also still being able to um, provide this service to the capacity that we had, like people coming from all over wanting to tell their stories. And so in order to do so, you know, having to expand on that and, and learn how to manage, you know, a, a business and scaling up like that was a huge learning curve. And luckily, you know, there's, there's a lot of supports out there for indigenous entrepreneurs to learn from mentors and have different resources available. So I really took, took advantage of, of those trainings and, and yeah, so it was a lot of, a lot of learning as I went because I didn't, you know, I never went to business school. I didn't have the knowledge when it came to like taxes, finances, mm-hmm. and how all that worked. So just taking on every training opportunity that I could find available. So yeah, that's kind of how I overcame some of those those challenges. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I know that uh, you're right. Everybody who's taken the jump into entrepreneurship has those moments, mm-hmm. right? And is like, oh, at the time. Yeah. feels so big and even in retrospect it still feels big but in a it's it's obviously there's no scare because you know the end of it and how the outcome you know played out or whatever mm-hmm. but you know I personally think like if that if that idea crossed your mind and it keeps coming back yeah. and crossing your mind there's a reason that it's there mm-hmm. that you can't let it go it's because you're not supposed to let it go mm-hmm try and it's so scary at the time (laughs) you know it's like hard to explain to someone who's never taken that risk but if you're like you had a big wig job like it's ooh, you're working for cbc like that's not like do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like wow you are letting that go how did your family what did they say about that like really you're letting that go for this were there any people who did that or were was everybody sort of like yes you could do it sort of thing yeah you know i think I think everybody was really supportive um, because I was doing freelance for so many years. Like I I've built, I've built a network and a community that really supported me. Mm. So I think, I think my, 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 you know, relatives and my family, like they seen that, that this, some, this is something that could, could, you know, potentially grow. And so they, they all were really hopeful for me. And just having that support was huge because if you don't have that support, like it's really hard to take that leap. But I think like just having that support, like, and I think, I think they were worried though, because at the time, like I said, my, my daughter was six months and I was a single mom Mm -hmm. with a six month old daughter. So again, like, you know, you can imagine how scary that would be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just having that support from my family my friends, my colleagues and, and like my mentors was that what gave me the strength to be able to, you know, feel confident in this new, that new journey. And um, yeah, again, like I wouldn't be able to do it without having that support. Mm-hmm. So you hear that parents, you hear that aunties uh-huh. and uncles be there and support your, your people and your nieces and nephews uh-huh. and cousins and, you know, tell them, yes, they can do it. And just preach that. If you're going to talk about something, just, you know, put that out there into the world because there's so much potential here and everybody is sort of, uh, scared to take that risk when Mm -hmm. really, you know, uh, you can do it and do it smart. Um, so can you speak about the importance of hiring indigenous companies and leadership when you're working with indigenous clients or communities? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited that we're speaking about that because I think in the business world, um, we're still, I think it's still a little bit behind in the sense of, you know, those, those calls to action and, 
um, trying to promote more Indigenous businesses and, and, and leadership in, you know, different business sectors, um, but also within the industry that I work in, you know, film and film, the film industry. Um, and so I, I noticed that business wise and working with different, different companies who, who aren't Indigenous or, um, you know, clients who are looking for these products and services, but hiring non-Indigenous companies is something that we need to discuss more because, again, like there's so much Indigenous skilled and talented people out there who are doing, you know, whatever service is out there. Like I'm seeing it like are we're growing. We really are growing in all different areas of services. And so you know, sometimes you hear people, it's like, oh, well, we want to hire Indigenous, but we don't know where to find them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like it, you have to do your research. You have to know that there is Indigenous people that are running the, these services, have, are providing these services, who have businesses and who are just trying to get that foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it, I think there just needs to be more support for people like myself and, and other people who are providing services, you know, when it comes to these these call for proposals or working with governments or you know larger larger industry um corporate industries is to really make sure that you're you're seeking indigenous people to take leadership mm-hmm. and allowing for indigenous people to be in those leadership roles and making space for that is something that I really want to see more mm-hmm. um I've had a lot of learning and growing over the past few years of just expanding and working, working with non-Indigenous companies and and making sure that um, we do have the leadership when it comes to working with Indigenous clients, because we're the ones who understand how the content needs to be, how we need to tell these stories. Like we need to be in those leadership positions because we're the ones with the lived experience and we can Mm -hmm. tell that story um, better than somebody who is non-Indigenous. So that's, that's in the business sense. And then of course, in the film industry, I know that there's many people out there who are, who are working towards changing, you know, that hierarchy system and really putting Indigenous leadership at the forefront of telling our own stories. So um, I think we have some ways to go, but we are seeing a shift, which is really exciting. Um, But definitely I think the business world needs to take note a little bit more on how to work with Indigenous companies nationally um, and to make sure that we're we're allowing indigenous voices to lead um, with with you know whatever service they're providing and and yeah just just making those those opportunities available for indigenous entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and how do you ensure that the authenticity and sovereignty of indigenous stories in your productions yeah so for us it's really important that you know, we ask ourselves, are we the right person to tell this story? Mm. And so I think the main goal is really working with community, um, making sure we're being authentic and, you know, cause we work with multiple different communities, um, different nations. And so, you know, making sure that we're partnering and giving a voice to them, like we're, we're basically just providing them, providing them a platform and resource to share their voice. And so, you know, we're, we're supporting them in sharing their truth. And so I think that's, that's the main thing is just connecting with community and being led by, you know, whether it's the grandmothers or the elders within those communities or those leaders within those communities, and really making sure that we're being, we're sharing these stories from, you know, truthful, truthful ways and respecting you know, the community and their history and their knowledge. Um, 
that's that's the main thing that that we focus on as an indigenous led storytelling company is is to work with community and give back to community as well mm-hmm. you know providing them with you know the the footage so that they can utilize within their own communities whether it's you know knowledge from the elders that we've documented is is providing those and giving that back um and you know just just being just being available for them to um, share their stories. That's really what we we want to create is a safe space for them to share their stories and feel that they can trust us mm-hmm. with with that information and to make sure that they could trust us to to tell that information in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking good care of of the stories. Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I we I just had a very similar conversation on another podcast, and and I love that you brought that up too. Uh, just asking the question to yourself and possibly to your team, are we the right partner? Uh And it's that idea of being self-reflective on like, am I going to do this justice or, you know, Uh do I pass it on to someone else who may be, uh, you know, better at telling this Uh story or, you know, but like, it's just being self-aware. And, um, I think that's, that's a common thread in indigenous business as well as looking like, am I the right person and, Uh or company to be doing this? And if not, here you go, there's more than enough for everyone else. Let's pass it on. Exactly. Yeah. So what are your future goals for Kijik Productions and, and how do you plan to expand your reach if, if even expanding is in your mm-hmm. goals? Yeah, yeah, I do have um, big goals and, <laughs> you know, I have my, my, my three-year plan, my five-year plan, you know, and, and all that, like learning and working with business, business mentors, I've really learned to kind of be focused and put it down and write it down and say it out loud because it's really like, you know, envisioning that and manifesting it for, for your future of your, for your growth, for your company, for your community, like whatever it is you're doing, your, your business and how you're, you know, giving back. So, um, I'm in an interesting space right now. I'm actually really excited for, for that next step because, um, I'm in the process of developing a proposal alongside my colleagues for a program, a, a video program, um, that's for indigenous youth, um, in Manitoba. And so basically something that's we've been doing for the past few years is working with a uh, child and family services agency and providing training to indigenous youth in care. And so Mm. we're just um, in the process of expanding that program and making it available to all indigenous youth living in Winnipeg, but also um, planning to bring this like mobile service to go into the first nations communities and also train those youth, you know, and have the youth that we're working with in the city be the teachers and going into these different first nations communities to bring that to them and then continue that ongoing relationship to leave, to leave something behind for them so that they can continue to tell the stories within their communities. And so um, I'm really excited and hopefully we can get this off the ground within, within this year, um, but really, like, I feel it, like, you know, spirit is really guiding it because mm. we can just see how that it's evolving and how there's supports already in place that are going to make this happen. And so um, that's the next big step for us is getting that larger space, as mentioned with, you know, the powwow, the powwow pitch competition was that was one of my goals was to get this larger studio space to be able to host this ongoing training that happens year long for indigenous youth. And then, you know, the second phase of going into the communities and training youth within, within those first nations communities. So that's the next big step. And I'm really excited. Um, We're looking for supporters and, you know, 
stakeholders that are wanting to get involved in, in making this this a reality for for our young people because you know there's such a a void there like for young people and these these safe spaces to, for them to be able to express themselves in creative ways and just to feel heard mm-hmm. you know that's the biggest thing we need to offer them is that safe space for them to share their voices and um yeah and then going into the communities like our youth need this you know they need it so 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 much right now especially how we're living in this this digital world like for them to feel that they're heard and that their stories can be shared on this a wide platform and so yeah that's 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 the vision and um, we're seeing it come together so yeah I'm very excited you can hear the passion in your voice <laughs> when you're talking about yeah. this like you can't even help yourself when you're talking about indigenous youth mm-hmm. why why what's the importance of that to you? Like there's clearly something that's calling you uh, specifically to the youth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can speak from experience. Like this is what changed my life. You know, Mm. I I mentioned I was in that program at an early age, 15 years old. You know, I was in a very hard position and like, you know, like addictions and, you know, just growing up, you know, surrounded by you know, everything that Mm -hmm. indigenous people that, you know, that we face that intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. And it was this safe space that provided me a voice. It gave me a voice. I was able through that program was able to connect to my culture and my identity. Like all these things are so important for our young people to know, you know, who they are, where they're going. They have to understand their history. They have to understand the beauty of where they come from. And I think that lacks, especially, you know, in the inner city here and, you know, Winnipeg, we, we have such high rates of poverty and it's, it's our first nations people that are suffering. And so providing that space and just allowing for them to have um, an opportunity to share their voice, share their perspective and in hopes that people will listen, you know, our community will listen, but also people beyond our community will listen and see what the needs are for our young people. And, you know, hopefully that will, kind of start you know rattling some shaking some doors and banging on doors of where like these resources are needed mm-hmm. and yeah it's just really being able to share their voice for a better future and for them of course like they're our future leaders so we need to provide these resources these platforms for them to be able to share and voice themselves and we look at tiktok right now you know and our our people are utilizing these 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 mm-hmm. media platforms to be heard and educate people on our history, educate people on the beauty of our culture. And so that's what we're trying to do as well is just create that platform for them so that they can share their visions, their hopes, their dreams um, in a safe and fun and creative environment. You're making me smile a whole (laughs) lot over here, Erica. I, um, you know, you're helping your younger self, you know, your inner child by the work that you're doing and, and really, um, and that's what I say about entrepreneurship too, is it really got me out of some shitty situations or Mm -hmm. what would have been otherwise really not good situations, financially, spiritually, all the things, but knowing that you can be self-reliant doing something positive and really Mm -hmm. making a difference is so empowering. Like that's what entrepreneurship is. Um, It's a process to heal yourself Uh because that's what we're all trying to do is we're all trying to heal. And um, yeah, and this this, is the vehicle. And then also too, like this, this could be an opportunity for these young people to explore these 
this training and explore these career options. And it's like, well, these are our future storytellers. You know, mm-hmm. we might, we see, we'll see more people represented in the media, more indigenous people's voices represented in the media and the film industry. You know, that's what we're trying to create as well as that next generation of those people who are going to be those leading voices within these different industries. Mm-hmm. And it's so bright right now. Like it's what a time mm-hmm. like that where we're starting to see it now. And, the, you know, the more we see ourselves in those spaces, the more hope it gives and the more doors. It's just like it's all happening right now. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's exciting beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, What advice would you give to Indigenous entrepreneurs who are just starting out? Um, main advice is don't give up, um, because you're going to face a lot of obstacles and hurdles and that you're going to come by. But if you're passionate, you're like, that's, I think first and foremost, that's what, where it's going to come from is that passion. You have to be passionate about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like really Mm -hmm. understanding your why and creating a plan and a pathway that you follow, Um, because, you know, you can have it all in your, your brain, but you really need to put it down and put it out there and look at it, read it every day, follow that plan and, and really, you know, manifest that for yourself, but you have to put in the work. You really Mm -hmm. have to put in the work. You have to, you know, reach out to the right people. The, the, the supports mentorship is such an an important part of it as well. You know, like I said, I, I couldn't be where I am today without the supports and the mentorship of, of the people in my life. And so I think, yeah, the first is just really finding a mentor who can guide you in the right way. Um, somebody preferably within the industry or the, the service or the products that you're working within to get that advice and get that support ongoing, because that's going to be something that really helps you along your way is having that, that crutch, somebody to just, you know, seek advice from and seek guidance, motivation and be encouraged by, um, but, and then also um, researching what resources are available for you as an Indigenous entrepreneur and really taking advantage of all those free trainings or mentorships, anything like that. Like, I think that's something that I've always done was whatever I found, I applied for and took took advantage of those those trainings and opportunities. So yeah, just really believe in yourself and don't give up if you run into an obstacle. If you hear a no, don't let that discourage you. Just keep trying. Hmm. Yes, exactly. Those are wise, wise words that'll get you very far in life. Uh-huh. Miigwech, Erica, for being so honest and for sharing your um, passion with us today. Um, we can't wait to see what you do next. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate everything Pabo Pitch has done for me and for all Indigenous entrepreneurs across Turtle Island. You guys are so amazing. And yeah, I, I look forward to seeing the next uh the next competition and yeah thank you so much miigwech thank you for joining us today on the powwow pitch podcast dedicated to empowering indigenous entrepreneurs the powwow pitch podcast is recorded at the adawe indigenous business hub studio powered by naka thank you to our co-presenting partners rbc shopify and mastercard and to our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankiewicz, and to everyone who makes Powwow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about 
the Powwow Pitch Competition, the Indigenous Entrepreneur Awards, the Indigenous Startup Program, the Powwow Pitch Box, and powwowmarket.com. Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Tanasco. Miigwech.